0: Hi, Chris Felton here. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so excited about my new show, Cultural Catalyst, where we help you to learn how to live fully live, co-labor with God, and change the world. You can watch it weekly on my YouTube channel or listen to it here. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we help you learn how to be fully live co-labor with God and change the world. And again, this week, I have my beautiful wife, Kathy Valletin. Hi. You were on last week. You're going to be on for four straight weeks. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> Let's get this done right. <laughs> and last week, we talked about the early days, right?
1: Yeah. So
0: it's kind of like this, the last week was like, get to know you.
1: Yeah. And we've just gotten married and-
0: Yeah. We got married and we, we talked about love my- rats in the basement.
1: And my- Tuna casserole. And your tuna
0: it? casserole didn't didn't go so well. <laughs> yes, we did. And this week we we want to just expand that. We want to tell the rest of our story and then tell talk about our journey, what we learned from it. And again, just to plug your book, you wrote a book called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? No.
1: Oh, The Good,
0: the God. The Good, God. the God,
1: and the Ugly. <laughs> that was a movie. <laughs> oh,
0: you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Story of a Supernatural Family, which was ours. You wrote that book. Yeah. And it's it's, uh, it's available wherever great books are sold, including our website. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we the rest of that story is after a year, we had this beautiful marriage. We talked about it last week. It was week. amazing.
1: It was absolutely wonderful. First paradise. First year. It was yeah.
0: paradise it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then Kathy got pregnant. I don't know how mm-hmm. that happened. She was like, oh, "I want to get pregnant. I want to get pregnant." I'm like, so we had, we did have a little debate over
1: we've well, we been together for a long time. I
0: know, but we we're only married a year. And you I was were ready. like, "I you you want to have kids and then you said, "Well, just one kid." And I'm like, "Can't have one kid. No, we have to have at least two. And so you got pregnant right away. Mm-hmm. Um I think we were I think you were with child by the time we were like 14 months married or something. And in the middle of that, I was running a shop with 13 guys and no leadership skills, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why we have a passion for this, because, you know, I was thrown into the deep end of the pool. I had a boss who really, uh, he loved me and believed in me, and we actually worked for him, both of us, for seven years.
1: Yeah, but you really didn't have anybody to mentor you, no. and there, there wasn't books like there is today. No, and not people. only that, but my
0: boss wasn't a good, he wasn't a good manager either, so I was... Like, and most of the guys who worked for me were older because I started managing that place when we I was 18. Young. And so that all led to me having a nervous breakdown. And we were living in San Jose, which was like-
1: Yeah.
0: We left our pace. little house yeah. of a year. Oh, yeah. We didn't tell- We left that little house and we bought our own house. First house. We were both- 14. First house
1: I, we owned when I was 18.
0: And you you stuff money away. So we are stuffing all of our extra money away. We are She's really frugal- and we had enough money to put down on a house mm-hmm. and buy our first house. Yeah, and I don't think anyone even had the cosign for us. No. And we bought. Uh, it was like only a three or four year old house, but and it was it seemingly was a nice neighborhood, but it turned out to not be the best neighborhood. We'll talk about that some other time. And uh, I and we and then I had a nervous breakdown. So we we were in traffic all the time, driving back and forth half an hour to an hour just to get mm-hmm. to work in the morning bumper to bumper traffic really leading a fast life lots of responsibility and one night I just uh went to get out of the bathtub and had a panic attack I thought I was having a heart attack yeah you helped me out of the bathtub eight months pregnant I think seven yeah. eight months pregnant and that was the beginning of a whole nother era
1: that was pretty scary because I was so sick myself when yeah. I when I got pregnant I I think from and Time I knew I was pregnant, which is only about two weeks along. I was so sick until the day I had Jamie.
0: Yeah, you I, lost weight till like the six or seven. Six month. month. Yeah, I,
1: I went down to ninety eight pounds,
0: and, and gave I,
1: birth at one twenty.
0: So you were, you know, you were, you were like, I, I was still going to work. So we should say that you I did worked,
1: better at work than you yeah. did at home.
0: But at night, I would, I'd have panic attacks four, five, six, seven of them. I'd sweat the bed wet. wet. You'd have to change the sheets in the middle of the night because I would soak the bed yeah, wet. Yeah, I
1: was dealing with my stuff. I could only lay on the couch. I was so sick. I'd throw up every 20 minutes. So but it didn't matter where I went. I had to know where there was a bathroom. It was It was a tough it beginning. A so here we had
0: this beautiful, like, 14 months. And then, I mean, it was, like, literally overnight. Like, yeah. literally overnight, like, Kathy yeah. was pregnant and sick. And then within, uh, you know, I don't know, within – Six months or eight months, probably eight, eight seventh or eighth month. Then I have, then I have this nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. and and then we were like, and we had been to this little town called Lewiston, California, up in the Trinity Alps the year before. Yep, on vacation, just
1: a really quick vacation with our boss yeah i
0: think we were like four or five days there yeah, i
1: was with our boss and we
0: said you know kind of like in passing like people do that live in the city you know someday we're going to live in the mountains and we're going to have like a little house on the prairie and 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 we talk about it like not every night or anything but we we talk about like living in the mountains mm-hmm. and living a slower life and
1: raising kids out there
0: raising kids and we talked a lot about raising kids and then you know <laughs> kathy got pregnant i had a nervous breakdown so I went in and told my boss. So we sat down and I said, I can't do this. Like, I have to get well. I can't live like this because I was so The pressure was killing you. It was. Well, and then
1: we found out you were living on candy bars and Coke.
0: Yeah. I was not, Coca-Cola and candy. Yeah, not eating, and yeah, not eating and, right. And it just. Of course, nobody knew anything about nutrition in those days, really. We didn't, for no. sure. How it all began is one night I'm in the bathtub and I go to get out of the bathtub. And it's like I had worked like. 13-hour day. I was working crazy hours. And in our new house, a half an hour drive home. It's probably 8, Lots 9 o'clock pressure. at night. Tons of pressure. I go get out of the bathtub, and I have a panic attack. Now, of course, I don't know it's a panic attack. My heart is pounding out of my chest, and I yell for her. And, of course, she's laying on the couch eight months pregnant. She comes waddling down the, the hallway, like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I, I'm having a heart attack. And so instead of calling 911... She calls our doctor. We were
1: good friends. We were They're close were friends. With, yeah, They're they were our customers, customers,
0: our best customers. So she called the doctor, and the doctor calms her down. Dr. Clark, I think his name was. And he said, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just tell me what the symptoms are. And, you know, anyway, she talked her, talked him. He talked her through checking my symptoms. And he said, Kathy, he's not having a heart attack. He's having a panic attack.
1: And it was crazy because he, he said – Go give him some alcohol, do you and have I'm, any
0: alcohol, and I'm
1: like, I was only eighteen at the time,
0: yeah, and i and I'd never drank we'd never neither one of us yeah had had no,
1: drank. we had no alcohol, so I remember going
0: you were, you going out.
1: across just next door to our neighbors and pounding on their door at like three in the morning, knocking, 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 and they're not answering, and I'm crying and thinking that I could get something from them, and they just they just didn't answer, they slept through it, and so i you had to go take me to the store
0: and i was still like Shaking full like on panic crazy panic.
1: could barely stand up
0: and she bought some wine <clears throat> like almost no per, low percent alcohol yeah. on top of that Well, <laughs>
1: we didn't drink i had no I idea drank
0: like half the bottle of wine thinking i'll do anything to stop this panic and and it didn't do anything for the panic i think it's cuz the alcohol content was so low so for one low thing.
1: i should have got you and whiskey. i just
0: started barfing because i i'd never e- drank before <laughs> So anyway, that but, was just really
1: scary. It was scary. You know, you're I so was, young and had and no I idea having, what was like, going I'd on. I'd have like
0: anywhere from two to ten panic attacks a day. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. I, I'd be up in the middle of the night. I would get up in the middle of the night having a panic attack, and I go out and go out in our garage and just work in the garage at two, three o'clock in the morning. And
1: yeah, when you were at work, you did much better yeah, because it was I think better. your I think your mind was focused on mm-hmm. you know what you were doing in the
0: job well, at, at hand.
1: But as soon as you had some downtime, some idle time,
0: yeah, it was bad. Did
1: not do good.
0: So that led to us giving our notice. Because we're like, okay, we had been to this little town of Lewiston and we said, let's just move. Kathy wanted to move because she always wanted to raise kids in the mountains or somewhere in the wilderness. And I wanted to move because I needed to get out of the city. Mm-hmm. And I thought getting out of the city would do it. So we went in and we told our boss that we were quitting. We gave him like a month's notice. We put up our, well, we put our house up for sale. That's how yeah. it actually happened. We said, we're moving as soon as our house sells, we're moving.
1: We had three offers in about 24,
0: yeah, 48 for more hours. more than we are asking. Yeah. So we sold our house the next day or the two or three days later, as soon as we put it up. I think we put it up that week and then we sold it mm-hmm. three times in a day. And then our boss comes in and said, I'm going with you. And we're like, what? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm moving our business to Lewiston. So we ended up, you know, that's a long story that we should probably tell another time, but we we ended up with you know loading up the U-hauls, all of our stuff.
1: Remember, Mike, that cat? Yeah,
0: I didn't know if you were going to share that., story.
1: <laughs> the cat that Chris hated so yeah. much. Well,
0: yeah, the well, cat she hated, got me too. Well the, the cat
1: got pregnant, Yep.
0: Yeah, and had kittens right about before we left.
1: Two days, three days before we <laughs> left. So here we had a new baby, four month old baby. We had six kittens. We had two dogs, a German Shepherd and an Irish Setter. Big dogs. And this moving van. Two moving vans. Two moving vans. And then a couple of the guys that work for us, their trucks. That
0: was crazy. So I'm- my
1: girlfriend my girlfriend had told me that she would watch the kittens until the kittens got old enough and the mama cat. Well, we had them in the back of a, cam- a camper, camper.
0: Camper shell. Camper shell. Close, yeah.
1: And the mama cat got scared and she jumped and hit the back window on the freeway. Out she went. Knocked
0: the window out.
1: Completely out. She was so scared. She yeah. didn't get killed because I could see her run off. But now we had six kittens with no mama and moving up to the mountains. That that was a crazy trip. And a trip.
0: five-hour drive turned into a 10-hour drive. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting to Lewiston. Oh, I should tell this part. So I went to Lewiston, to, oh, And I said, I'll, right. I'll scout out houses because, obviously, she had a little baby. Was, you know, we didn't have any money. We you know we had we had we'd sold our house, but then we had money. But when I go to Lewiston, we and check out houses, and I see this farmhouse. I'm like, on a on an acre of prairie, and I'm like, this is it's really an old house, but it's really big. And I'm like, this is kind of cool, little house on the prairie. So I bought the house
1: without me seeing, without it. her
0: even seeing it, and we- just descriptions.
1: And his description is, this is farmhouse, and it's up against the side of a mountain. It was. Green grass everywhere. And there's a horse corral, and there's chickens, and there's goats out here. He made it sound so beautiful.
0: But we got there, and of course, we we planned to be there like 8 o'clock at night, but we ended up being there like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And we show up. Anyway, short story. This is all long stories, but we ended up sleeping on the floor in there. Because it was no,
1: we had no furniture. Yeah, no furniture.
0: So we just threw some some sleeping bags down. All of the guys that were with us threw sleeping bags down, and we wake up in the morning and there's just spiders everywhere. The, <gasps> the place is a total wreck. There's they were supposed to take all their junk with them. They didn't take anything with them. There's junk cars everywhere, and she's she's you know walking the property and she's like, well, the property's nice, uh, and we we started and we remodeled that house over a period of. Two years. Two I think we are in there two think, years. Yeah. We spent all of our – we had like 30000 extra dollars or 25000 extra dollars, which in those days was a lot of money. And we spent every – we had to gut that house.
1: It was bad. It
0: was bad. And then we had a job right away because our boss moved his shop there. He actually moved the shop there first. And so I, I went early and, and got the shop going. I remember that part mm-hmm. now. <laughs> we're going to show you some shots of the building. Well, this was the very first repair shop that I worked in in, in Weaverville. We were we, we had a nervous breakdown. I had a nervous breakdown when I was in a shop in the Bay Area. And that man was named Bill Mann that I worked for. And uh, when Kathy and I sold our house and said we're leaving, he sold his house the next day. And he moved up here and bought. Actually, he leased this old shop. And uh, it looks bad now. It didn't look quite so bad 46, 43 years ago. I painted this shop yellow in the middle of the summer, and this was our first shop. We had lots of memories here. I worked for that man for seven years, led him to the Lord here. And this is actually the very place I tell the story about that man, Bill Derryberry, who's still my spiritual father, meeting him. And it was actually his Jeep was actually parked right here when I came up and said to him, You know, uh, the the Lord told me that the man who owns his sheep would be my father. I had been praying for a spiritual father for a year, just crying and asking God, you know, I was in the middle of a nervous breakdown. I was so needy. So I was underneath this Jeep and I was actually, I was on a creeper and I was, I was praying that morning, you know, again, it was, it was, it was summertime. And I was like, God, I just need a spiritual father. And the Lord said to me, the man who owns this Jeep will be your father. And I didn't see him when he came in. So I didn't know who he was. There was a fish sticker on the, on the back of the car. So, You know when he came after when he came to pick up his car, and uh, he said, "I'm coming to pick. uh, Hi, I'm 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 Bill, and coming to pick up that Jeep." I'm like, "Oh, that's my potential spiritual father." So I I told my boss, "Oh, I'll 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 get I'll take the money, I'll get the work work order, which you know normally I didn't." And I I you know collected the money from him and walked him out to his car and stood like an orphan, like, "Choose me, choose me." And uh, so, you know, when he got in his car, he started up his car and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to be gone forever. And you've, by now you probably have seen the town and there's not really anywhere to go here. But I was so, you know, irrationally afraid of losing a connection. So I pounded on his window and he rolled down his window and I told him, the man, the Lord told me that the man who owns his sheep would be my father. Are you a Christian? And then he rolled his window back up and opened the door and said, yes, I'm a Christian. I would be It'd be my privilege to be your father. And he put his arms around me. And then from that day on, we had lunch every week. Every Friday, we had lunch for, oh, probably 20 years together every Friday. And he, he guided me, taught me how to be a man. He, uh, he also would talk to my wife because we had an agreement that he could talk to Kathy at any time. So if Kathy didn't like something I was doing, she'd call him. And then our Friday lunches would look like, so how's your marriage doing? I'm like, good. So how's your marriage doing? Uh, pretty good. He'd be like, I say, did she call you? And he's like, and we'd have conversations about my marriage. And so it was, he was such a good man to me. And uh, I love him so much to this very day. So it all began right here for us. It was the very first pers- shop i worked in well i had worked in a shop down the bay area but this is the first shop i i managed in in weaverville california and then uh a couple of years three years later we moved to weaverville mm-hmm. in between that time we met bill and benny yeah and bill was a hippie had really long hair and a mustache yeah and benny was a hundred percent flower child Yeah. 100 percent flower child and we uh so we were in this little church. So we should say this. So we were going to this little Assembly of God church, and it was 40 people. And I mean, it, it was, was—
1: called Calvary Chapel at the time. Yeah,
0: Calvary yeah. Chapel. And it wasn't a Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa no. church. It was a Pentecostal church. And I mean Pentecostal, like <laughs> Holy Ghost, Shaba Shaba Holy Spirit, people rolling on the ground, old-fashioned Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. And then Bill and Benny show up. Uh, they, we were there a year. And Bill and Benny show up, and Bill becomes our pastor. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the second week we we're already friends because they had our the kids, kids, their kids yeah, were the same, same age.
1: Age we each had two,
0: and we just we just fell in love with each other, and we were we we just did everything together. I think by the second month we were together <laughs> five days, four or five days a week,
1: probably in the evenings.
0: Yep, every yeah. evening. And then uh, we built our own house. That's another story, but we built our own house. Well,
1: we lived with the Johnsons for six or seven months. While we were months. building our house. While we were building our house. Yeah. Remember, they had two kids. We had two kids. Yeah. But we had two kids, two dogs, and a rat. Yeah. And we stayed in a 10, probably a 10 by, I thought it was 10 by 10. Bill said it was bigger. If it's bigger, it's 10 by 11. Yeah, it
0: was <laughs> With bigger. all of us in the room. We lived there for six months while so we built our house. And then we, in the middle of that, I was working in repair shops. And I think that was the only time we didn't work together. I was working in a repair shop. I think you were still doing the books actually. And then uh, I, I, one day I had a, we, we had a prophet to our um, church. His name was Dick Mills. He took us to lunch. I'll never forget this. We're at lunch with like 12 of the elders and, and their, and their wives. And we were, we were, you know, he just was going around and giving us prophetic words, and he gave me a word: "The Lord's going to give you double wisdom for business." Mm. Remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, and I was so so, and that was his word: "The Lord's giving you the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God for business." And I was like, by then, I I, I wanted to be in the ministry. We met Bill and Benny, and it's like I'm like I want to do this. So I was really disappointed. And then a few days later, we had uh, one of our African American friends over, who was a prophet. His name was Danny. And we're sitting at dinner, and he's like, the Lord just told me that if you open a business, he'll bless you. Remember that? You were so upset. I said, you tell the Lord, I don't want a business. I'm going to be in the ministry. And he said, well, I'm just telling you what he said. We were at dinner table. With yeah. Our kids were little. Then I had another prophetic word, and then Charlie Harper, uh, who's on our staff now, he was a friend of ours. And I had our car. I was I had our own family car all tore apart. So Charlie took me home that day, and then he picked me up for work the next morning. And on the way to work, we passed by the 76 station. And he said, oh, that 76 station, I had a dream that you own that station. Mm -hmm. Remember this? Yeah. And I'm like, and I said, I don't want to be in business. He said, I'm just telling you I had a dream that you own the station. I had no desire to be in business. So that was a Thursday. And Friday morning, the owner of that station, which I had never met, didn't know who it was, he calls me at my work, mm-hmm. and where I'm, I'm actually the, uh, um, I'm actually managing a repair shop, a
1: tire at, shop, at
0: a tire shop, and I'm managing the repair part of the tire shop. And he calls, and he's like, "Hi, this is Robert. Um, hey, um, I'm selling my station. I, I just felt like you should buy it. Like I feel like you'd be a great owner." And I remember the day before, Charlie told me, I had to dream mm-hmm. you owned the station. And in in seven days, we had five prophetic words about It was crazy.
1: It was, it was just, crazy.
0: It was crazy. And then, so anyway, so I met with them. It was going to be $9,000 down. We didn't we didn't have any money. When we were in Weaverville, we didn't have any money. And so we we built a house, took every penny we had. And, um, and Kathy's like, you should call your grandmother. I called my grandmother, that we argued about it.
1: Called your grandma to see if we could get a loan from To her. get a
0: loan for 9000 dollars And she said, she called me back the next day and said, I won't give you a loan, but I'll I'll give you I'll I won't loan it to you, but I'll give it to you. But you can't tell any of the other kids. That was
1: a miracle in itself.
0: It was a miracle. And so we were in business. We were like
1: just like that.
0: And mm. the prophetic word was, You, if you go in business, I'm gonna bless you. And we were in that station nine years and we never made any money in that Mm-mm. station. Like it was so tight and I didn't want to be in business. You actually, well, actually loved it. You were, you were like.
1: I did. I thrived at doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: You I, were, you loved it. I still miss
1: it to this day. I still <laughs> miss it. I don't miss the financial problems. No,
0: that was really tough. And we were, you yeah, know, we were in a business. It's interesting because we were doing business in Weaverville, and Weaverville basically had four seasons and wintertime was about three months long. And you could shoot a cannonball through the street. There was no, you know, it was so. And we were in the automotive repair business. So, well, in
1: Weaverville is only about at that time 3,200 people. So it yeah. was a small community.
0: So, summertime, you had all of this tourist traffic. <clears throat> so, you couldn't find enough employees to do it all. And then, springtime was pretty good. And, then wintertime was like, what do we do with all these employees? Because there was and then it snowed 2 and 3 mm. feet you couldn't and so it was it was very difficult to have any kind of pattern and we were you know I was struggling with lord I, I don't want to be in this business and the lord would remind me that he's called me to business and then I remember this one winter i mean we i mean every winter was tight we we never had in in 20 years we were there i don't think we ever had a thriving winter that i can think never. of never but this one particular winter was really, really <clears throat> tough. And we had opened another shop down the street for trucks because we had we had every account in town. The sheriff's account, the high the patrol, the telephone company, the Sierra Pacific, and PGE. They were all our accounts and they all had almost all had trucks. So we opened a truck shop down the street. And we just took every penny we had. We get to wintertime. I mean, we are literally our friends are bringing us food. It's mm-hmm. that it's that tight.
1: Our kids were pulled out of school.
0: Yeah, we were had a, we started a Christian school with uh, the Johnsons and the Harpers, and we had to pull our own kids out of school because we couldn't pay the school bill. Mm-hmm. It was just really tight, and I I was working extra hours so that I could cut my my guys' <laughs> hours down. And one night I go home, and we're and I drive up the driveway. I went home early only because I was completely exhausted. So. I was going home like at 7, trying to do a couple extra hours to make some extra money. And so one night I go home at 5. It's still, it's dark. It's wintertime. There's snow on the ground. It's a moonless night. And our house kind of sits back uh, in the woods. So I come up a road. The road kind of goes uphill. So you can kind of see the house from down, down below, but not really. And So I come up the road, and all the lights are off. Well, this is the house that we built many, many years ago, probably around 40 years ago. And part of one of the stories that we tell often is we had our businesses right after we built this house and things were really tight. And it used to snow here two or three feet deep. And I'd come home late at night because we were working overtime during the winter trying to keep the payroll down. So one night I came home early about five o'clock, but it was already dark and I drove up that hill right there. And as I came up, I noticed that my house was dark, like like there was nobody here. And I was like, where's my family? And uh, I got up to the top, and Kathy's car was parked right there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the, the, my wife's here. My kids are here, but it's it's snowing. What's going on? And, and I so I ran up into the onto the deck and into the house with my heart beating fast, wondering what happened to my family. Why is it completely dark here? Why is there no electricity I'm in my family's home? And I open the door, and there's three little tents made out of blankets. Uh-huh. And my three little kids pop out, and they're like, "Hi, Daddy!" I'm like, "What's going on? What? What's happened? What?" And I'm in a panic. Like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "We're playing camping." Uh-huh. I'm like, "You're playing camping?" And just then,
1: just then, I came around the corner. I was shocked that he was home.
0: Yeah, too I'm early. Trying,
1: trying to get around to the <laughs> front, the front door to come out, and ended up. Plowing over you.
0: Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? She's like, what are you doing home? Why are you home? How come? Well, what's going on? And she's walking past them, and the kids are like, daddy, look, we're playing camping. And the the fireplace is going. So it's nice and warm in there. There's no lights on. It's pitch dark. There's a few uh, lanterns.
1: Yeah. The, the lanterns. lanterns
0: in the house. And she passes me by and comes out to the deck. And she's like, huh, what? I, she's like what are you doing home early? I'm like, what are you doing? Why is my house dark? What's going on? It's like, well, and we get all the way out to the electrical box in the house. I'm following her out there. but The deck used to go all the way out to the, to the electrical box. I'm like, what's going on? And she flips the main switch back on. And I said, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and she said.
1: We're camping, <laughs> indoor camping. And it was the kids had a blast. But, you know, there's so many times when. You just want to do something to help, and I wasn't working full time at the time, and thought, well, the only we had just no money at all. It was really people bringing us groceries a month. It was like, how are we going to make it to the next month? And so I just decided the one thing that I could do was cut the power. I had control over that. So that's what we would do for I gosh, I did that during the winter time for months at a time. And then flip it back on when Chris, just right before Chris would come home.
0: So I, it was fun because I never the, knew.
1: No, the kids, we would we had a wood stove. So the kids would roast hot dogs over it or marshmallows. We'd pretend like we are camping and had, had the hurricane lanterns. And they thought it was great. Their little jackets on and they thought it was awesome.
0: And one of the things that I, I've I so appreciate about Kathy. I know we've been married 46 years. Is that we've been through a lot of hard times together. Mm -hmm. And Kathy never complained. And my kids, they learn how to do life and how to do marriage Mm
1: -hmm.
0: from watching their mother at the little tents. I think that when people go through hard times and marriages go through hard times, you either get better and bonded or you get bitter and broken. Yeah, And I'm so thankful for Kathy. And I'm so thankful for my kids. They got trained in the battle. They watched their mother navigate tough seasons without complaining and looking for things she could do, being benevolent, being kind, being compassionate, but also being a great helper. And I think this is our story. This is This is the most powerful part of our story is that our kids got to watch their mother navigate tough seasons and get bonded and become better.
1: I'll never back away from a good challenge. Yeah, that's good.
0: (laughs) And so that was our life. And of course I was, you know, I was the man. I'm like, no, no, the the kids need electricity. And she's like, baby, they're learning how to behave in tough times. It's it's all good.
1: (laughs) I had the only other place I had to kind of cut back on was our food budget. And I remember at the time with the dogs, the cleaning stuff, our food, I had $200 a month to feed all of us, including all of our animals. And so I learned how to be. Pretty frugal with menus and budgets. Not pretty frugal. (laughs) Very frugal. Very frugal. With coupons and shopping ads. And we did it, though. We did it. Every month I challenged myself, which was fun for me because I'm pretty competitive.
0: And, you know, I I think that this is probably a great place for us to land this session because – I think that we look around today, and you know, we're in, we're in the midst of COVID while we're doing this. Mm-hmm. someday, someone might watch this five years from now, and I want to say we, we we recorded this yeah during COVID, and and it's tough for a lot of families, really tough. Locked in, lockdown, um, you know, wearing masks, um, vaccinated, non vaccinated, you know, all all the all the turmoil over what's the right way to navigate this season, and what's right for my family, my body. But what I loved about you is that you never complain. Mm-hmm. And you know, our kids they they learned how to deal with hard times by watching their mom from those tents. Mm-hmm. And our kids don't complain. No. Our kids have been through tough times and hard times. And I think there's, you know, I think as a parent, especially as a dad, you want to protect your kids from pain. I think it's just natural. I think it's like you don't want your kids to experience bad times. You want them to have a better life than you did. But you don't You don't always have control of that. You don't always no. have control of what's going to happen. And, and I remember our cars got repossessed one year, again, in the winter. Yeah. I think it might have been that same winter, actually. Yeah. And our house went into foreclosure twice. My parents bought it out both times out of foreclosure for us, house we built. And, um, and things were tight. And, you know, I think that tough times, they bond you or they break you. Mm-hmm. And for us, they bonded us like we, we bonded together, uh, both Kathy and I. And we, um, we also, our kids bonded. And I, I want to say to you today, and I think we'll end with this. I don't know what you're going through, but trials, they don't. Create your character. They they reveal it, Mm -hmm. and it's really good. It's the choices that we make when we're going through hard times that determine a great life or Mm -hmm. a tough life. Uh, You know, people look at us now, and you know, we we have money, we have nice house, we have nice cars. You know, we've got ten grandkids. We're you know we're in we're in front of people all the time, and and there's an appearance like you guys are so successful. You don't know what it's like to have hard times. Oh. We know what it's like that part times. Yeah, in, in twenty years living in Weirville, seventeen years people live with us. So I want to say to you, like I don't know what you're going through, but Jesus wants to meet you in there. Mm-hmm. He wants to meet you there. And you
1: you don't have a choice of what happens to you, but you do have a choice of how you respond to the situation that you're right. in, in the midst of it. And you can choose joy, or you can choose something else, and. I've chosen something else before, and it didn't work out very good well, for me. it Wasn't very fun. No.
0: But we've always protected one another. Yeah, we have. We've never blamed each other for no. the situation. Mm-hmm. Kathy's never like, well, if you wouldn't open another shop, we would, you know, we wouldn't be in this situation. Never, never, never brought one never time.
1: brought that up.
0: We're always together in our decisions. Yeah. And I just want to pray for those that are watching this because you're like I you know, you may be like, I want to be in the ministry or I want to be in business or I want this other thing for my life. Or maybe you're living what you thought was a dream and you turn out that in the middle of your dream, there's a nightmare.
1: Mm.
0: Whatever the situation, Lord, we pray right now that you would be the encouragement they need to get through this situation and grow their capacity. Because Lord, I know that those trials, they actually create in us, they help, they Create the culture for us to grow in you. And they they prepare us for the wonderful days ahead. You said all things work together for good in the end. Mm-hmm. So if it's not good, then we know it's not the end. Lord, we pray for people that are in the middle of that bad chapter of the book that they'd realize that there's good days coming. Mm-hmm. There's There's joy coming in the morning. We thank you, God for these people. We pray for supernatural grace to be in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope to join us next week for the third session. And we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about the supernatural part of our life. Um, God bless you. See you next week.